0: Welcome to the Doing Design Podcast on This Is Hate CD, hosted by all the world's best live design and innovation trainers at thisisdoing.com. Now, for regular listeners, you know what we do at thisisdoing.com, but it's the home of many of the world's best trainers in the spaces of design research, service design, user experience design, content design... And more. Now, in this experience, I speak with the brilliant Jerry McGovern, the creator of the Top Tasks Method and author of the latest book, Worldwide Waste. And we talk about the story behind his exciting new course, and it's a very much needed course. Called Earth Experience Design. And we answer some of the community based questions about this topic, as well as talk about the disassociation of behaviors that persist within the creators of online products and tools. Now, look for more information on this course, see the link in the show notes. So let's just jump straight in. Jerry, how are things? Great to have you on the Doing Design podcast. Not too bad,
1: uh, Jerry. Considering this this crazy world we're living in, and really delighted to be chatting with you again.
0: I know. Yeah. Well, we're going to be chatting a bit more around the Earth uh, Experience Design, the course that you're you're launching in January. But you're coming live from Brazil, Jerry. Whereabouts? In, whereabouts in Brazil are you at the moment? Well,
1: m- my wife is uh, Brazilian, so we uh, hadn't been uh, back to the family for a number of years, so we're staying at the moment in
0: his right and what was the what was the the experience like of flying from presumably Ireland back over to Brazil what was it like Uh, how was the flight
1: you know it it was it was a little bit you know you you had to be very careful and and cautious Uh, but you know it was a bit of a surreal experience yeah uh, in, in, in the process
0: Lots of. Um, did you have to wear the mask for the full flight? I presume it is. We did, yeah.
1: yeah. We did, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah it's it, it's crazy. And was the just an interest? Was the was the flight full? Was it full of people or was it? It
1: was it was reasonably full. Yeah, it it was. Uh, you know, there was. Yeah, it was it, it was fairly full. Yeah. Uh,
0: it's yeah. It's it's something like I think most people at this time of year would either be doing one or two things they would be getting ready to have christmas at home we're usually looking to go away and make make best use of the time but i don't know i think maybe you and one other person i know has taken a flight in the last year which is uh it's kind of a it's i don't know how, how we'll approach it in the future um but it's something that i'm i w- i'd love to get back to that point of being able to Fly and enjoy the good weather and visit Brazil, for instance, will be it's on my list well we
1: see yeah, I mean it's a kind of you know in in relation to the topic, like I used to travel and fly all the time because of you know the work the clients and the work, but you know it's something that I'm looking at seriously, you know basically eliminating all business flight and really only only traveling. For family reasons, or you know, just to maybe go to Brazil every every couple of years, or stuff like that, because you know the impact of, of flying. flying is enormous. Uh, Absolutely, you know, on uh, the climate, and th- these are things that I've never even thought about three or three or four mm. years ago. And you really have to begin to question so much, so many mm. things, and and um, why you need to do them. So I think the. The world changes or, or that I think we're thinking that, you know, if we do, you know, come to Brazil, you know, in the future we we stay. So we're staying for about three or four months. So we stay for a significant period of time. Yeah. So to speak. Uh, to and, maximize it. You know, ra- rather than, you know, going all over on a regular basis, so to speak. So there's a lot of. You know, there's a lot of issues that, you know, certainly I find myself. Um, mm examining that I really didn't think that much about, you know, up until a couple of years ago.
0: And I think there's a really nice kind of parallel between what we're going to end up speaking about in a few minutes. But I was the same. I I lived in Australia for 13 years or something, all up in the last 15 or 16 years. And flying back and forth to Ireland was just like, my biggest obstacle to doing that was usually time off work, or uh, price of flights and so forth. And the impact of it was like, a little tick box on the UI whenever I was booking my flights, and would you like to offset your carbon for this flight? And I'm like, yeah, now it feels better. I've done it. I've paid it like so. I've I've paid my my ethical tax, um, yeah. and it's gone. But I think what the pandemic has has given us has given us this sense of perspective, and allowed us to stay take a step back and reflect and question. You know, well, what can we be doing, and what should we be doing? And it's it's a nice kind of prelude to the Earth Experience Design course that you've been talking to me about this for a long time. Definitely you were one of the first people in my ear. And I was just kind of going, Yeah, that's interesting, all right. Like I don't know what the I don't know what the community would be thinking about this, but as we can see, Jerry, you know, we, we put it up on LinkedIn and we put it out on Twitter and we put it out in our own communities. It's it's something that's people are starting to really really think about but what is it about the uh the whole kind of invisible side of our behaviors um why is it still a thing that people don't really get or really want to want to approach and talk about what is it what's holding us back do you think
1: yeah i think um you know there was actually when you you asked uh, was there any questions you yeah. got a very <laughs> Interesting question, you know. Uh what what was it that how was it worded? We got or a great uh, question
0: um from Jana who's on the Slack channel. And I'll be I'll be completely honest, if Jana's listening to this one back, when I when I first saw it, I was like, okay. Um I hadn't really thought about this. And I was how has geometric figuring since the 11th century impacted design teaching today? And uh, I had to follow up with Yana because I was a little bit ignorant in this space. I do understand about the whole kind of deep connection to our past and why we do things currently. But their whole thing was like, what design narratives uh, are rooted in geometric figuring and whose expense and detriment? And when I spoke to Yana a little bit more on Slack in a private message overnight, um, they pointed me to a few things that basically said, But basically, the tools applied in design have been orchestrated to promote religious thinking. And at this point, I'm Catholic, and Jerry is probably similar to me. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's someone's going to talk about God and religion. And I instantly (laughs) start to repel. But I was like, okay, I was leaning into this conversation. uh, And a particular narrative and viewpoint this tool has been used to colonize the peoples of Europe and later the colonies or today's ex colonies. what is it about design that promotes christian thinking and the cost expense and the detriment of everyone else
1: so yeah and and, and uh you know i didn't understand the the initial phrasing of the because i'd never heard of it but certainly um um the basic underlying uh, theme that that question is exploring i think is is uh, absolutely correct and i think is is the foundation of why we are destroying the earth. I think, I think the modern religions are a core driver of, of the reason why we are destroying the earth because the modern, the Abrahamic religions are founded on human superiority uh, and human separatism and that, you know, we have souls and nobody else has. They're all, you know, we're special, we're worth it. Uh, nobody else, no other uh, else has feelings. Only, only us. So they've made, they've essentially said, you know, here you are, waste the art. It's, 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 it's up to you. Everything, everything is, you know, uh, there for you. Uh, everything is for your convenience. It's all about you, and 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 God is even in the image of you. <laughs> so like, you know, so we've we've created this you know, structure which legitimizes uh, our ability to destroy the planet that we live on. You know, and I think the, the modern religions are a core pillar, you know, in the colonization, as I was telling you, in the, the ships that went to destroy all the natives of of, of South America or or to enslave the Africans uh, or, or went to Australia. The ships had three groups of people on them, uh, they had the soldiers, the scientists and the priests and the priests legitimized what the soldiers and uh, the scientists uh, uh, did. So I think if we are to have a hope to fix the extraordinary mess we have made of the world, we have, have to we have to first and foremost recognize that we are part of the world uh, and that, you know, in, in the broadest sense of things. What goes around comes around. And, and I have a specific example of that, I've, I've been tracking a lot of e-waste, uh, electronic waste, uh, and, and reading up a lot about it the last uh, couple of years. And every year we're producing about 50 million tons of e-waste, which is enough to build a Great Wall of China. <laughs> and, and it's doubling every 15 years. So in another 15 years, we'll be able to build two Great Walls of China every year. Uh, from from e waste, uh, le- much less than twenty percent of it is properly recycled, and a huge amount of it is actually illegally or, or semi legally exported from rich countries uh, to poor countries like Ghana or Nigeria or Pakistan, where it is where it is burnt in open pits and you know to uh, and 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 dumped uh, in you know in rivers and lakes. And the 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 irony of this is that so much e-waste is being dumped and so much of it is seeping into the water table. It's going back out into the seas and it's polluting the fish that we in the rich countries are eating. So we're eating our laptops, you know, we're eating our smartphones, some of the trace elements in them. We thought, you know, we we think we're so clever in, in, in Europe and North America. We think we can always export the crap to the global south and that 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 the poison will stay there and it'll only poison poor people, but because everything is interconnected in this world, it's beginning to come. We've 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 done so much poisoning that it's actually coming back to us uh, in in the process. So it's either it's either a wake up moment that says, you know, the this intense individualism and selfishness that has driven so much of culture in, in the last 100, 200 years, or maybe 50, 60 years in particular, uh, that that's going to destroy life on earth. And if we don't create a system which looks at everything, the water, the soil, the, and, and tries to design in, in the context of, of, of those sustainable issues and boundaries, there won't be a planet. There won't be, well, there will be a planet. There just won't be a livable planet in another hundred years you mean the, the the speed is exponential in the last 25 years humans of all the co2 that we have created since we emerged out of the swamps we have created 50% of it in the last 25 years i mean that, if that if that's not scary i mean if you think about that we I mean the modern human species may be three, three, 300000 years or whatever so we we have created 50% of the damage in 25 years. It's exponential. Our, our destructive power is growing exponentially. Uh, and if we don't radically um, shift our thinking,
0: yeah. Transform and shift. I mean, like, it seems to be that there's a huge um, disassociation between what we do uh, like like in terms of our behaviours, um, both online but also like in in the real world as well, and its impact because it's it's invisible. It's you know we recycle yeah. and we're like yeah okay we I've done my bit, and off off it goes. And we spoke a little bit more around this in another episode with Joe McLeod in terms of ends ends of experiences and what does that look like on this Is society, which will be coming out now in the next week or so, but. Um, Online it seems that for a long time and you've spoken about this in worldwide waste on your podcast and on in your book as well for a long time people perceived on online your know, website design or UX design or product design to be the greener of the uh, of the kind of approaches to design like because it's you're not wasting paper, we're not cutting down trees. And that has been perpetuated for for a long time and I, I fell into that trap as well um so what is it about the course earth experience design who is it for and what kind of things can well, people expect to get know, out of it
1: as you indicate there you know one of the things to really reconnect actions to um really understand uh, behaviors so there's in in the book worldwide waste or the the final or near last uh, chapter there's four things that i say that we can we can do to try and make things better or try and move in the in the right uh direction and um the, the first one is about about worth you know is is it worth it so you know we'd be looking at at a true worth and true cost in in the environment so i'll, I'll come back to that in a, in, in a few minutes. But second one is um, the, the weight that, you know, digital has a weight uh, and, and the heavier it is, the more polluting it is. So, you know, a great challenge from digital design is to design the lightest, the lightest weight How can we design with the lightest weight uh, uh, possible? Uh, in in the process so there there are no, numerous techniques and lo- looking at, at at the options and you know um and and maybe one thing here. so the the uh, small decision but decision that we could make now is uh, if we if we turn our cameras off because i don't think our cameras have been recording just a, a simple thing that that i uh, say about um an audio if you if we speak for an hour uh, an audio uh, that will take about 30 megabytes of data whereas if we speak for an hour with video that's about 300 megabytes of data so we could have uh, scenarios where you know you start your meeting and 5 or 10 minutes you leave the video on because it's nice to get uh, you know, uh, to uh, see people. But then you move to audio. You're always looking for the lightest option. Uh, And audio is lighter than video. And you know what as well? Psychologically, it's lighter for a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of stresses. There's a lot of studies coming out. People don't like watching themselves constantly seeing their, their own face coming back rather than other people's faces. So there's a lot of stuff that light for the planet is also light for you. You know, and, and people so lightness design for lightness. You know, design. You know, de- lose weight in the design process. So, so that's the second one. So the first one is: Is it worth it? You know, really asking in it and and asking that question at an earth experience level. You know, is it is it worth it to the earth? All the materials, etc. Second one. You know, to lose weight wherever we can in the design uh, process, and a connected one. Uh, that's often interrelated is then waste, eliminate waste. So wherever there's waste in the process, clearly identifiable, uh, you know, remove that. So a simple example of that might be, you know, in in web design, you're you're sending down 300 KB of of CSS for a page, but it only needs 12. You know, that page doesn't need. 300 KB, to, to the, the layout of that page only requires 12, but you send, you send it down as a package because you're too lazy or it's part of a framework or, or stuff like that. So constantly eliminating waste in, in the design uh, uh, process. And there's two areas as, as there is uh, with, with uh, the weight area. There's design uh, waste and there's use waste so there's the waste that occurs during the design process and then there's the waste that would occur uh, in in the process of using that thing that you have actually designed um, and so that's the third one then the, the fourth one you know this would be looking at at, at don't uh, don't do it wait what I call wait that often you know the the best thing to do is to do nothing or create nothing or you know, to to maintain rather than to create. We have uh, been brought up in this tense culture of of creation, and the very act of creation creates uh, negative things as well. And a lot of times, there's there's enough there already, uh, and we should, you know, take time uh, and 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 really uh, think more about things and, and think about is there stuff we can reuse or uh, it's the stuff that's already out there. So it's a kind of working with the people around, you know, helping evolve a new design philosophy uh, that is, you know, contrary to the this modern, consumptive, extractive, planned obsolescence, uh, you know, nothing lasts uh, type of design philosophy that everything is so surface uh, that that you know we need yeah. we need a, we need to change you know the culture and the way we think about things
0: i mean if there's people listening out there that are user experience designers or product designers or just anyone that is in the role of creating new things or new new pieces of value for their business what can they expect to to take away from it in terms of actionable things is there uh, like is it an interactive workshop well, Jerry? At, how you do you know, see if, it working if out if you
1: look at um,
0: see the, the principles
1: around um, how would you you know design out waste in a digital uh, environment so what are uh, if, if we took an example of say in a, in a web environment what are the, the major areas where you would uh, discover waste in an environment, Why why, say, as an average, uh, web page gone from a hundred kilobytes to four megabytes, uh, in the process, and what are the things to really look at, if you're if you're looking for the waste, and a lot of them are are simple and obvious around the images and the treatment of the images and the f- the formats and stuff like that, and, and and then there's looking at stuff that I talked about the CSS or the um, um, javascript and and uh various other h t m l is less obviously use of videos videos very very intense uh but but looking at at the various aspects but broadly coming to say here's here you know if the outcome from this because it's just a three hours uh type of session is more here's a here's a model or a way of thinking about the problem that you know, even if we left saying, you know, well, the number one thing I'm going to pursue is, is, is waste in, in the design process. And I'm going to uh, look at, like, I, I'll show a model of how, how to actually um, measure the weight of something. So um, I had a scenario there, I worked with some people, I said, you know, how, do you, how, how do you measure the weight of content? And basically, or, or, or the weight of practically anything, an image or whatever, you measure the weight based on the on, on the device upon which it is created or device upon which it is used. So that's where the weight occurs because essentially the weight of the object itself, the megabytes itself, is, is, is very light in relation to its overall impact. But the weight that actually occurs, occurs during the creation process. So I worked with a, a bunch of uh, content professionals to try and get a Average senses of how long it takes to create, say, a thousand words of content. And we estimated that that would take about 20 hours in relation to creation, in relation to editing, drafting, sign off, reviews, and sign off. So they estimate 20 hours. So all of those 20 hours occur on devices, uh, typically on laptops in the process. So then I did work on to, to understand. Uh, the CO2 impact of a, of a laptop over its lifetime in the process. So manufacturing a laptop uh, will create somewhere in the region of 300 KB of, of CO2. And then you got, you know, so typically most of the waste in a laptop will occur during its manufacturing process, about 80%. So then just like you would for a car or furniture, you depreciate or you allocate that laptop across its useful life. So I, I did some calculations about how many hours a day would that laptop be used, over what would its lifespan be, et cetera. And I came up with certain figures. So looking at the, it's an allocation to its manufacturing CO2 and allocation to its use CO2, uh, came up with figures that, that roughly an hour uh, working on a laptop would be about 110 grams of CO2 in a process. Now, if you were working on a desktop with a, with a big screen, Uh, that could be 250 or 300 grams because desktops are much more intense in their processing capacity. They tend to have much bigger screens and screens consume a lot more energy, etc. So there are models that you can build and you can say, well, if we did this on a a, a laptop, it would be be about 100 100 grams. So if you've got 20 hours, well, that's about 2 kg. You know, then you would estimate things like, well, how many times is this going to be looked at? Uh, so and oh, it's going to be looked at, will it be looked at on a smartphone or will it be looked on a laptop like an hour on a smartphone is about 16 grams because it's much less energy intense. You know, a smartphone is about 60 kg to manufacture versus of, of CO2. Verse. So there is a there is a rule that you can see. Always use the lightest device you, if you can use, you know, if, if you can design on a laptop design on a laptop, don't, if, yeah, I used to use big screens, I've stopped using big screens in, the, in the, my design, pro, I, I got rid of them, I gave them away uh, to people. So, you know, there's, there's commitments that you can make decisions in, in the design process to design in the lightest possible way. Then, if you wanted to look at lightness in use, well, you would say uh, a 1000 words takes about four minutes to read. Well, could we do it in five hundred words? You yeah, because uh, those four minutes are 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 uh, consuming energy and are need to be allocated over the, the useful life of that device. If you could, re- well, yeah, being succinct is light. You know, if you if you're, and I'm not saying don't have video, but think, but video is thousands of times heavier than than uh, is text and hundreds of times heavier than is audio. So when you're thinking, when you're doing video, you're really thinking about every second, every, you know, cause a four minute uh, video could be 40, 50 megabytes, hundred megabytes easily uh, in, in in the process. So when you're doing, vi- and you're asking, do we really need video for this? Cause I've, I've watched loads of people, my core, work over the years has been observing people use, use websites. And in many situations, videos don't help at all. You know, they're not useful. Uh, we did a lot of work with Cisco and uh, observed network engineers trying to uh, figure out configuration problems with routers or data centers or whatever. And, you know, they wanted the technical documentation. They wanted code samples. They wanted, you know, videos were a nightmare for them. You know, so video, just because it's got higher, you know, um, you know, production formats doesn't mean it has higher communication formats. Often the lightest option. I was working with a person who uh, did a lot of analytics for accountants uh, and he was talking about how all the graphs and charts and etc. And then he, he discovered that really uh, when the accountant logged into their portal, what they really wanted to see was um, a text that said um, budget is is seven percent higher than target. Uh, uh, take these three actions. Like they didn't. the The actual text was much more useful to the accountant than than throwing ten charts at them, which contained. Oh, I have to look at these ten charts and now figure out uh, the budget is seven percent over from from looking at the charts, but actually. We could think we can think light, and also create very powerful. You know, I think we become intoxicated by the idea that we have these powerful tools. You know, and we just want more power, just like we want more. You know, iPod SUVs as well. Which we're just intoxicated by power, uh, and and it's not good. It's not good for us ultimately. It's it's certainly not good for the planet. You know, 40% of new cars being sold now are SUVs. I mean, these are people killers. They're planet killers. I mean, the amount of deaths on the roads is increasing. The chances of you dying if you get hitched by an SUV are 10 times, 100 times higher than if you get hit by a car. So we're creating these monsters of machinery for no purpose other than our sense of power. And we have to go... We have to somehow come back from that addiction to power and ego and vanity and and achieve a certain sense of balance. And this is in the design process, I'm trying to develop these principles of principles of lightness and principles of, of waste elimination. And if you can you can bring these principles to play in a lot of design, and as I said, you're designing for there are two areas, design for the use. And uh, and, uh, so there's the actual design, designing the thing but you want to measure the use of the product because that's where a lot of the waste occurs as well if you design a very heavy web page, it's having a big impact on on thousands and thousands of people
0: Yeah, but on the metrics thing there, being able to measure and build that narrative out to your employer or your organisation and say well actually what we're building is not being used it's it's so currently i know from speaking to joe mcleod lots of our physical devices that are at home that are inanimate like fridges and so forth they don't have any metrics associated with them so those organizations don't know what's being used and not used so in some instances metrics are completely required to help enable that narrative to change within the organizations um is it, what what do you think? I know you said like there's a huge cost there, but I think if you're thinking of it in terms of the digital realm, I know what you mean. Like analytics and stuff can add to the page weight and slow it down, and then mm. there's, there's a cost. Yeah, associated I mean with that's it, so. an
1: interesting thing, you know, because um, you know I've been involved in the web since mm. the mid '90s, and and uh, you know it used to be web trends back in '96, '97, and you know I I remember um, yeah. you know. Spending years in meetings uh, discussing analytics, and at one stage I remember looking around the room, and there was about ten or twelve people in the in, in the room. This big organisation, huge uh, website, you know. And you know, I, I was just thinking to myself, "This is total, absolute bullshit." You know, here we are discussing the analytics, you know, and <laughs> none of us have a clue what they mean, and 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 we're just we're just. Pretending yeah. we're being intelligent here. Oh, the page views went up or the visits, you know, and, and they spent this amount of time on the page and, and this abandonment rate and that abandonment rate. And if people were honest, genuinely honest, the 99% of people that I've met have no clue what they're talking about. So most analytics, most analytics is actually bullshit. No, agreed. So uh, of course there are certain environments where it's critical. But the amount of analytics that we produce, 99.9% of it is absolute crap and is absolute useless. I mean, think of the madness of how would you use analytics if you were a health website in a pandemic? You know, oh, visits are going up were really popular. You know, like, I mean, what, what does that mean? Oh, they're spending loads <laughs> of time on the, on our page. I wonder, do they have COVID? You know, what, what sort of craziness? Most analytics... They, they could be telling you the total opposite things. You know, uh, they spent a long time on the page. Yeah. Were they confused? Or, or was it a really good page? Like most of the time yeah, they were confused. Because exactly. I spend, like, we I, I'd look at analytics and then I'd look at people using the website. And like, the analytics would be like telling a totally different story to the actual reality of people. So I think, yeah. I think we should... De- depend less
0: absolutely on
1: analytics and more on observation of human behavior if we really want to understand what's happening and what's not happening in an environment but again i'm not i'm not disagreeing in the sense that there may be situations but i I just find we don't think enough you know we just don't we don't we don't make wise decisions we make stupid quick decisions you know New tool, absolutely. More, yeah. Uh, Let's get loads of analytics, and sometime later we will figure out a way to analyze them. Most analytics is absolute garbage. Turn them off.
0: I know. There's. I know people listening to this podcast now will be like, "Okay, I'm I'm sold on this," but I work in an organization that has absolutely no plan or really, like, mm. my boss doesn't show that they care about the situation. And I, I want to call out a quote by Ilya Prigogine, who uh, John Thackera alluded me to a number of years ago. And he said that in an unstable, complex system, small islands of coherence has the potential to change the whole system. And I remember when John quoted that, I hadn't heard that before. I probably should have, but I hadn't. Um, he just basically ex- it explains that even at a, at your own being, at your own self level, you have the power to change the system. So you coming into this course, even if your organisation doesn't really display any of the signals or appetite of wanting to change or thinking like this, but you bringing this in and helping maybe inform one other person that you work with, you can start a movement from within. And that's something that's really, really important to us that this is doing. And this is HCD, that it's just not always you might might completely disassociate yourself with the, the values of your organization. If you're working for an FMCG or whatever it is, this course is going to give you the capability to help shape the narrative to help kind of transform that complex system that you find yourselves in. And that's what Jerry's created. He's created a three-hour uh, interactive workshop that really focuses on that. That really helps shift uh, the conversation into the more the actionable state. And um, I know for one, Jerry, I'm really excited about it. Nineteenth uh, is it I the, 11th the of January? I should know this one off the top of my head. Nineteenth of January, Jerry. So it's, it's only around the corner. You'll only be getting over your Christmas dinner at that stage. Um, and I know for, for people listening in, if they're clicking on it, it's in the show notes. There's a link to this course in the show notes. Um, we're donating 25 euros of each ticket to a non, not-for-profit um, working for environmental change. Um, in Brazil, they're doing quite a lot of work in this space, Terry. Do you want to talk to us a well, little bit more about what it looks
1: it's, like it's over there? Brazil is a very complex uh, society. It, it's, it's got, it's got polar opposites. It's got you know, a basic maniac in charge trying to destroy the Amazon. Uh, and then Absolutely. it's got many uh, others uh, trying to, you know, really, you know, save and... Uh, and, uh, and, and, and and it's interesting Repair. To, to see, you know, our whole... We always look down on recycling. You know, you can see in a society that that yeah. uh, as humans, we, we are contemptuous of, of recycling you know every every evening uh if you look out the window, you'll see a bunch of guys walking down the street with these hu- carrying you know um uh, these these big carts uh and the carts are full of cardboard hmm. or either are full of plastic and basically those those poor guys have spent the, the day going around rubbish tips or whatever around the city uh either they specialise in different things and collecting cardboard or, or or recycling and and you know in in Brazil you can fix pra- practically everything because there's such such a huge uh, difference in in the wealth of society. There's extraordinary wealth and there's extraordinary poverty. So a lot of the products of the wealthy uh, that when they get rid of them, you know, end up being used by the poor. So there's So there's there's massive workshops everywhere to take things apart, and so Brazilians are are tremendously, you know, innovative in relation to fixing things. But here's what we want to do with them in the West. We want to, we want to, you know, if if we followed the, the, the model of capitalism, then all of that fixing would disappear and we'd just start buying apples and, you know, buy, buy and just throwing stuff away. So, what, what the model of success in society is, you know, we are contemptuous of those people who recycle. We want to get to a state where we recycle nothing, you know, and we just throw all the plastic away. That's what we regard as, as, as success. And, you know, you know, there has to be a different model. Uh, like And the idea of, I didn't talk, but we talk about a little bit in the course, of reuse, designing stuff. You know, uh, there's loads of great stuff happening around design systems. You know, design stuff that can be reused, design stuff that can be fixed. Uh, Dell has just announced a new laptop where I think they've gone from uh, 16 screws to 4 screws you know in the process so they've they've made a whole range of decisions in the design process to make this laptop fixable to make this laptop repairable so we as designers of digital things should be asking that the question how how will this be disassembled can it be disassembled what are the components of this which could be reused rather than us constantly reinventing you know new new things so i think you know this you know the the cultural change. Hopefully, this this course will set us on a you know help in some way. But it was is like what you said just uh, f- finishing up the that uh, about John Tacker said that somebody else said nothing humans have made cannot be changed by hu- you know by ch- humans. Human anything human made can be changed by humans.
0: Yeah. There's 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 a few things in that like and there's just touching on the the topic there that you said about um, ends and so forth of that. Joe McLeod, who has written ends the book and now engineering, an is working with us at this is doing now and creating their own course, so people will be able to get a much better understanding how they can take this, the learnings from uh, Joe's books and into action. So we're going to be working with Joe on that, and then there's another course. From Belina Rafi on the Essentials of Thriveability, um, which which starts, I believe, in February or March, yeah, I think it's the March the 24th from recollection on the principles and nature to making organizations a force for good. So there's a there's a few courses that we're working on at the moment, but the first one that I believe is going to set the way for the rest of 2022 is with Jerry McGovern on Earth Experience Design. Um, which Jerry had me on the date there again. January the nineteenth, isn't it? Uh,
1: January nineteenth. I'm pretty. Let me just. It is. I'm on the website here. I see he
0: jan- January the nineteenth.
1: Oh, okay, good. Yeah, and that ends sounds brilliant as well. From Joe, I mean that. Uh, you know, his, his book is brilliant and brilliant, a brilliant concept. And you know, that it's part. So maybe there's a mood of change. I mean, when you say what's what's going to change, you you think I, You know, nothing I can do has any big. Impact, but if if we can, if we're lucky enough to be part of a wave or a movement, and we're all, you know, but but doing nothing is
0: not an option. Absolutely, I mean, being active and talking about this thing is what we need. Um, so even if your organisation, as I said, is not really aligned to your own personal values, join Jerry on January the nineteenth for this course because it'll help you build that narrative, and bring a fact sheet almost of. Of material to that conversation within your organization because action needs to happen now. This isn't something that's that's going to be uh, put on hold for another 15 or 20 years. We need to do something about this now. We need to change our business models. And what better way to start off the new year than with Jerry McGovern and January the 19th? Jerry, it's all as always, it's a gift speaking to you. It's not even a pleasure, it's a, it's a gift. Um, if people want to follow you on Twitter, what's the best? What's your URL? Is it or your handle,
1: Jerry? just jerry mcgovern jerry and and uh you know just to say as well as what you're doing you know this is it, it's part of a really good movement a, a movement for good you know uh because we designed our way into this problem so let's
0: design our way out absolutely of it. jerry stay safe over there have a great christmas um we're looking forward to Thank catching you. up with you now when you get back into ireland uh in probably the middle of next year at some point i'm sure but like stay safe Thank you and stay safe as well.